Welcome to episode 34 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we got another jam-packed show for you guys. Topics on topics on topics. We're touching on the NFL, Major League Baseball, talking some NBA at the end of the show. But before we get things kicked off, head over to Twitter. Follow me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. All things related to the Get More Sports podcast, you're going to find right over there. But we're going to get things kicked off with the big story out of the NFL this weekend. Tom Brady, he signs an extension with the New England Patriots, gets a little raise. He secures a new bag that takes him up until his age 45 season. We're going to tell you why this was a great move, not just for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, but for Bill Belichick and how this really takes this franchise and extends their potential dynasty for another couple of seasons. So a couple of details about the deal is Tom Brady's current deal, you're looking at a $23 million annual salary. Now this bumps him up about $8 million. So essentially what this is is an $8 million raise for Tom Brady. And if you look at it, of course – For his work past due, a six-time Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady can easily say, hey, I want a deal. I want some work past due. I want to be compensated for everything I've done for this franchise. I want a deal that's similar to what Russell Wilson got, to what Peyton Manning got in the final years, to what Michael Jordan got, things like that. I'm telling you, he's in this class. But he said, you know what? I got to be smart here. This guy is smart. No one has, has... worked their salary to his favor to put great players around him like Tom Brady than anyone else in the history of professional sports. No one has taken the discount like Tom Brady has that has helped him gain championships, that has put himself in a position to be in the conversation, if not already, as the greatest quarterback that the NFL has ever seen. But it's really all about Tom Brady. Tom Brady has sacrificed. I know it's crazy to think that some guy who's making $23 million has sacrificed, but his value, he has been underpaid essentially his entire prime, and that's what that's – just the reality of the situation, but he's in Boston, right? And what do they call guys in Boston like Tom Brady? They say they're wicked smart, right? He's very, he's wicked smart. Should have gone to Harvard because Tom, but he went to Michigan, but he's, he's got the Harvard brains because he knows exactly what he's doing with his contract. Cause Tom Brady understands that with this deal, it's going to give them the cap flexibility to go add some more pieces around him. Cause he understands one of the great things about Tom Brady is as much success as he's achieved in his career, no one no one like Tom Brady understands his limitations. No one understands what it takes to win. And when I say what it takes to win, I don't just mean the Tom Brady, that the fact that his only treat is avocado ice cream every couple of months, that he sleeps in the Tom Brady rejuvenating pajamas, that he sleeps 12, 13 hours a day, that he is completely committed to the TB12 method. It also un- takes a step back. It also takes... A, uh, an understanding that he can't do it by himself and that he has to, he needs elite coaching, he needs Bill Belichick, he needs Josh McDaniels, he needs a potential replacement for Rob Gronkowski. And Tom Brady understands that, yes, he's had superstar results, but he's human. Okay, Tom Brady is human and he understands that and he understands that 
that uh, by taking less, he's putting himself in a position to achieve that. So here we go. So a couple things about the about the deal too is with Tom Brady, you're looking at at uh, thirty million dollars in 2020. $32 million in 2021, but according to Field Yates, the last two years of the deal, they're void, okay? They're void, and that's basically a salary cap maneuver so they can gain short-term space. And Tom Brady, I'm just going to go on record here and say that Tom Brady is the most underpaid, the most underpaid athlete in the history of professional sports. Tom Brady, TB12, is the most underpaid athlete in the history of professional sports and the economics back that up, okay? Robert Kraft purchased the New England Patriots for $175 million. $175 million. That's two months worth of rub and tugs for Robert Kraft. I know what you're thinking, right? But now the New England Patriots, you know what they're worth now? They're worth $4.6 billion. $4.6 billion from $175 million. And I'm telling you, you break that down, and you, I'm, I, I don't need to be an econ major to know that Tom Brady was a major part of that because Tom Brady, he's the guy who is who is not just the best player that with the longevity, not just the quarterback, the most most uh, important position on all of sports. But he's also the guy that is the face. He's also the charismatic leader of that. And the numbers back it up. Tom Brady, we're going to run off some of his career achievements right here. Tom Brady, 16, 16. When it comes to Tom Brady, the regular season, he even had his regular season where he set the career mark for most touchdowns thrown. But it's all about the postseason. Tom Brady, he comes alive when it's the fall time. And when it's the postseason time, and Tom Brady, 16 postseason appearances, 30 wins, nine Super Bowl appearances, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl championships, 11,179 passing yards. That's first all-time. First all-time in touchdown passes in the postseason with 73. First all-time in game-winning drives with 13. And then also... First all-time in fourth-quarter comebacks with nine fourth-quarter comebacks. My man is clutch. My man brings it on the biggest stage. I think his biggest moment was that 28-3 when the Patriots were down 28-3, and you saw Psycho Tom. Psycho Tom is out there living in the moment. He's looking at guys like Vic Beasley. He's looking at guys of the Atlanta Falcons. He's not looking at Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, okay? I think they get... Just a tiny bit of, of little, a little, little much too credit. I think it's I. This is the credit breakdown all time. You got different opinions. Some people say it's sixty forty. Belichick versus Brady, right? As far as who gets the the, the lion's share of the credit, sixty forty. Belichick Brady, Belichick Patriot success. At the end of the day, I give the nod to the guys between the line. I'll give it, and don't, don't trust me. There is no coach in the history of the NFL that knows how to exploit an opposing team's weaknesses like Bill Belichick. It's the old adage, you give him two weeks to prepare, he's probably going to get it done. You saw this last postseason. You saw the Super Bowl, how they were able to make the boy wonder, um, Sean McVay, look like a little boy in that Super Bowl because they 
schemed circles around him because it was absolutely a dominating performance from a schematic standpoint, but still Tom Brady is the guy out there making clutch throws, clutch reads, and really he's the competitive emotional leader. One thing that I don't think Tom Brady gets enough credit for, people want to say, oh, he dinks, he dunks. Yes, he does. He's not going to make you throws. I told you a couple weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL, and he can make throws that no one else can make. But guess what? LeBron James can jump higher than Michael Jordan. Doesn't mean I think he's better than Michael Jordan. There's... Steph Curry can shoot threes better than Michael Jordan. Doesn't mean that he's a be- that he's better than Michael Jordan. There's a lot of guys that have single attributes that are part of the game they can do at an expertise level, but it's about putting everything together, and that's what Tom Brady does. And one thing that he doesn't get enough credit, credit for, it to me is the psycho Tom, the competitive fire that he gives to this entire organization from the front office to everyone on the sideline. It really all starts in with Tom Brady and it just oozes and permeates through that locker room. And Tom Brady, look at that, four, nine fourth quarter comebacks. Count them up, nine fourth quarter comebacks, 13 game-winning drives. Look what he did last year. He went up to Kansas City and he beat Patrick Mahomes Oh, and also, Tom Brady, if you look at this year, when it comes to merchandise sales, Tom Brady is still number one. I I find this absolutely shocking. Tom Brady is still the number one best-selling jersey in the NFL this year. Number one is Tom Brady. Number two is Khalil Mack. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. Number four is Ezekiel Elliott. Number five is Saquon Barkley. Number six is Drew Brees. Number seven is Baker Mayfield. By the way, did you see Baker Mayfield going full Sigma Beta Chi and just uh, shotgunning a beer at the Indians game? That was nice. Uh, Carson Wentz at number eight, Dak Prescott at number nine, and then rounding that list out is Juju Smith-Schuster at number 10. So the most unbelievable thing about this to me is the fact that he has the number one selling jersey. But look, look at Khalil Mack. He just becomes a bear, right? Bears are a big market. He's a big player. Patrick Mahomes, he's hot. Really, no one knew Patrick Mahomes was three years ago. He's number three. Uh, Saquon Barkley, second-year player. He's a guy who he plays for a big market. That New York Giants jersey is always a top seller. Ezekiel Elliott, there's nothing more than to say he's a Dallas Cowboy, a former Ohio State Buckeye. He's got a big following. Baker Mayfield, new. Carson Wentz, new. Dak Prescott, young Dallas Cowboys. Juju Smith, Pittsburgh Steelers, new. I don't see I don't see Ben Roethlisberger on that list, right? Of all those players, you got Drew Brees at number six, which, which is impressive too. But Tom Brady, 19 seasons. Oh, and here's another fact. The jersey for the Patriots has undergone zero, absolutely zero major changes. None. They didn't change the lettering. They didn't change the side paneling. They didn't trade, change the layering of the twilling. They didn't change the color scheme. They didn't lighten the shade. They didn't brighten the shade. It is the same exact jersey to a T, and he's still number one. So that tells you about Tom Brady's marketability. That tells you about how much of a lucrative asset he is for Robert Kraft, and that's my next point. And I don't think there's anything nefarious. I don't think there's any conspiracy. I don't think it's like that. But don't kid yourself. Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, they live in the same neighborhood in Brookline, in Massachusetts. That's 
pretty much the Beverly Hills of Massachusetts. They live in the same neighborhood, okay? You don't think that Robert Kraft is going to take care of Tom Brady at some point. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what I'm not I don't know what he's I don't know if it's going to be a situation like Mark Cuban where Mark Cuban produced Dirk Nowitzki's documentary and that sort of thing, but don't kid yourself. Being close with the Kraft family is going to pay dividends at some point following his NFL career. Not like he needs it, guys. I mean, come on. We're not talking like Adrian Peterson broke or anything. Tom Brady is still worth north of $250 million. And I think that the fact that he's going to be with Robert Kraft, I would not worry about the money. To me, I've heard people out there saying, oh, Tom Brady should take more. Tom Brady is doing a disservice to the players' union and hurting what quarterbacks can earn in the future. And I'm saying, no, Tom Brady is wicked smart. Right? Just like the Bostonians will tell you. And here's my sports. Here's the get more sports fact of the day. Here's a list of quarterbacks that have completed a pass after 42. Now, keep in mind, this is not numbers. I mean, this is not, this is not just uh, numbers of, of touchdown passes. This is at the amount of completions, mind you. Okay? Number one, George Blanda, the oldest player ever in the NFL. Played to was like 40, not 48. He completed 14 passes. Vinny Testaverde from the U, seven passes. Steve DeBerg, three. Warren Moon, three. Doug Flutie, one. Earl Monroe, one. Those aren't touchdown passes. Those are just completions, okay? And Tom Brady, at the age of 42, is ready to make another Super Bowl run. And if you look at it, Last year, Tom Brady's cap hit was $3 million. $3 million. That's less than Derek Carr's 2.75. That uh, That is less than Derek Carr's and then Joe uh, at, two point, at 2.75 and then Joe Flacco's. And then in 2017, his cap, his cap hit was $14 million. So in 2017, his cap number was so ridiculously low that – it puts great players around him. If you just to give you some comparables, that's the same amount. That fourteen million in in two thousand seventeen. That is the same cap hit as the Bears had for Mike Glennon, and a little and less than Andy Dalton, Sam Bradford, and Ryan Tannehill. Okay, it just tells you. And what that means is, what that means is. He understands. So the thing about Tom Brady, I look at it as an investment, okay? I look at it as an investment because when you make an investment with some Wall Street guys, you give them all this money, and you say, hey, go make some money, right? Go make all this money. Expand my portfolio. But you don't know where that money's going. You're just hoping that it works out, that it pays dividends and all that good stuff, and you see a nice return. The difference with Tom Brady is he knows where that money's going, and he almost views it. To me, in my opinion, I think he views other players' money, almost like that's my money because that is getting me championships because I love I love itching my, itching my nose, itching my cheek with those six rings on my hand, right? I love flashing that bling. So I look that as an investment and in acquiring assets because if you look at it, look at this statistic. When you look at it last year, the New England Patriots had 11 players making between 4 and $8 million annually as a base salary close to $8 million, right? The next best team that he faced had five, had five at the most. So he's always having a talent advantage. And yes, it's because he's for the New England Patriots, 
but it's also a conscious and a calculated move by Tom Brady himself. To me, it, uh, if you look at that list, too, if you look at 2019, look, like I said, he has his portfolio, but he knows where it's going. These are Tom Brady's investments. Almost, I almost look at him, I almost look at Tom Brady as if he's an owner of the New England Patriots, and then he is also shelling out some of these contracts. If you look at the 2019, the mid-market veterans, you got Stephon Gilmore at $9 million, Michael Bennett at $6.5 million, Kyle Van Noy at $6.3 million, Jason McCourty at $4.3 million, and then you got guys like Julian Edelman at $6 million, and then Harmon at $4.8 million. So most of their competition in the playoffs, you're not going to have – you're going to have top-end talent, but it is – all of that talent and that quality in the middle that really helped the Patriots in these deep runs. So, and look, like I heard Dak Prescott talking about, oh, it's his wife and this and that. Here's a quote from Dak Prescott. Nobody's wife makes as much money as his wife does either. When Tom Brady isn't the breadwinner in the home, then that's a great problem to have. Prescott will almost make, in the mil- make $30 million. And I'm saying, really? Tom Brady's not the breadwinner? Tom Brady is not the breadwinner, over $200 million. Well, guess what? Tom Brady, if you look at this, this is my comeback to that. Really, Tom Brady's not the breadwinner? Tom Brady is still among the highest paid players of all time and the highest paid players of all time despite having, having, having less money then, and it's about his longevity. So when you look at the longevity, he's still going to potentially catch Peyton Manning if he goes if he makes more than thirty six million dollars more. So I, I, this is my favorite thing: is at the end of all of this, and I know it's still a longevity thing, but at the end of all of this, if Tom Brady makes another uh, another thirty six million on top of it, he's going to still pass uh, potentially tie Peyton Manning. So he's going to say, hey. I'm Tom Brady. Not only did I take less, but hey, at the end of the day, I still had more money than you guys, made more Super Bowls than you guys. So that's what it is with Tom Brady. I almost see Tom Brady as, to me, I think he's the Brad Pitt. I think he's the Brad Pitt of, yes, Giselle Bunchen makes a lot of money. I think Tom Brady is the Brad Pitt of the NFL, okay? Look at Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is another guy, absolute superstar, absolutely ridiculously I know ladies go crazy for Brad Pitt. He's an all-timer. My mom's a big Brad Pitt fan. She called me. She was like, oh, Doug, Brad Pitt just got tattoos of all of his kids on his arm. Isn't that the sweetest thing you've ever heard? I'm like, that's probably just so he can remember their names. My man has like eight or nine kids. But look, my point is people love Brad Pitt. They love Tom Brady. We all know why. Attractive dudes. I'm not afraid to admit it. But they've also married well, okay? Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen. She's worth two hundred and eighty million. Okay, that is the best kept Victoria's Secret. Is that she's got a lot of bread? There's no doubt about that. And then Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, and then also uh, Jennifer Aniston, and then also Angelina Jolie. So since Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt took thirty million dollars to make Ocean's Eleven. But look at Brad Pitt's movies since then. Yeah, he did some World War Zs, but it's been a lot of passion projects for Brad Pitt. You're talking stuff like a lot of Tarantino movies, did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So hey, when it comes to your your craft itself, these guys, they understand that it's not always about the money, but hey, it can't hurt. That's what I'm saying. If Tom Brady 
had a face like Antonio Brown's feet. <laughs> By the way, did you see Antonio Brown's feet? You need to get those feet checked out, my man. If Tom Brady had a face like uh, Antonio Brown's feet, he probably wouldn't end up with Giselle Bunchen. So, really, it's all worked out for Tom Brady. All the stars aligned. Because, look, to me, it's like Robert Downey Jr. It, to me, Tom Brady is like a Marvel movie and the Avengers movie. And it, it, Robert Downey Jr., you know he got like $65 million for that last movie as Iron Man. It'd be like if, if uh, Robert Downey Jr. did that for $5 million, right? But guess what? Robert Downey Jr. isn't married to Julia Roberts, okay? Robert Downey Jr., he needs to get that bread on his own. So you, to, uh, to Dak Prescott's can say that he's not the breadwinner, but he's still making a lot of bread. And at the end of the day, he's still going to ha- potentially have higher earnings than any quarterback to ever do it. But that is going to bring up our viral, a viral video flashback of the day. And we're going to roll with, I know we're usually going for the humor. We're going for the jokes, going for the laughs. But I'm going to give you a Tom Brady speech. And this will make you want to jump through a wall like Psycho Tom. Check this out. Play the clip. The magic you're looking for is in the will of trying and not giving up. The love of your dream is in your heart. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. And you come to recognize that in return, you're given the chance to earn the greatest edge of all and one that can never be taken away. To anyone who's struggling early in the morning or late at night in pursuit of your dream, struggles that many will never see, and to any leaders out there who believe in someone who doesn't yet believe in themselves, keep going. Keep going. Because will always finds a way. Rely anymore on being the most gifted, being the most talented. What other things have you been able to develop? And I was fortunate to be in very competitive environments. I'm not going to bring the typical, you know, what you're looking for, but if you give me time to develop, I can develop into something that could, you know, be a great leader of a team and be very disciplined and set the tone and, you know, great work ethic. And those are things that I enjoyed then and I still enjoy those things now. I'm an athlete. I depend wholly on my body. My body is my asset. I can't go out there on the field and eat, you know, fast food and expect it to perform. If I don't have this, if it breaks down, I can't play. When I was, I wrote it in the book, when I was a young, 25 years old, I couldn't throw the ball. I had a terrible diet when I was a kid, the worst diet, you know, and probably all the way through I was 25. And then I was like, okay, well, this isn't working out well. You know, I'm not quite getting the results I want to get, so why don't I change? Why don't I try some different things? And over the course of 15 years, it came to this. And it's hard to say for someone, hey, do all these 30 things and make a difference. I think, and I'm right, it's just start slow. Start with what works for you and maybe start cutting out a few things, but only if you want. I mean, it's everyone's life. They get to choose what they want. It's up to people to determine what they want to achieve. You know, I do have a purpose of wanting to use all the things that I've learned over a long period of time, you know, at the highest athletic level to teach other people what may work for them in their life so they can do the things they want to do. I just had in my mind like, oh, cool, I went to school and I want to play pro football and I'm going to get picked and of course I'm going to play. You crazy? You know, why would you not think that I'm going to be able to do that? And everyone else was like, you should really think about another job or you should put together a resume. And, and I was like, why would I put together a resume? I'm going to go play professional football. I want to be the best I can be. I know when I go out there, it's not to compare myself to this guy or that guy. It's everyone's good. Everyone plays good. 
I still feel like there's still more to be accomplished. I was practicing the last two days, like, you know, working on my technique, on my fundamentals, on my, all the things with my training that I still feel like I can be better, be a percentage better. If you happen to be very lucky when you're 10 years old, you'll have people in your life who tell you the world is anything you want it to be, and you'll believe them. And those people will never put limits on your abilities. In return, no matter the circumstances, you always try best and you never give up, because that's what you do when you're chasing your dream. If you're lucky, you'll have family, teammates, coaches, mentors, and trainers along the way to help you when you lose faith in yourself. And they'll give you the strength to carry on. If you're lucky, you may get picked last. You may ride the bench, and many times the team may move on without you. And you come to recognize that in return, you're given the chance to earn the greatest edge of all, and one that can never be taken away. Will, heart. So to anyone who feels left out or is afraid of trying their best for fear of failure, you're not alone. The magic you're looking for is in the will of trying and not giving up. The love of your dream is in your heart. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. To anyone who's struggling early in the morning or late at night in pursuit of your dream, struggles that many will never see, and to any leaders out there who believe in someone who doesn't yet believe in themselves, keep going. Keep going. Because will always find the way. Next, we're going to switch to Major League Baseball, where the New York Yankees, you heard of the injury bug? They're getting hit by the injury dragon. It is just blowing its flames on their entire roster, and the New York Yankees, they're just going through an injury crisis like I don't think I've ever seen before in Major League Baseball. This has to be one of a kind. The Bronx Bombers are turning into the Bronx Goners, just dropping like flies game after game, injury after injury. I mean, the new Yankee uniform should just be a hospital gown in pinstripes at this point because the New York Yankees, they're just dropping like flies. If you look at it, the New York Yankees have had 24 different players serve 28 stints on the injured list in 2019, and that's before and Urshela and Glaber Torres. The only guy who has not been on that injured list is Glaber Torres. And what? how do you think he spent last night? Any guesses? Of course, he was in the hospital. He was taken to the hospital, which was core, for core issues. And then Urshela, I was watching the game. The Red Sox, by the way, what's getting lost in all this, they just swept the Red Sox and practically ended their season. They pushed the Red Sox, the defending champions, to seven games behind the wild card spot. So getting lost in all this injury madness is the fact that they're still playing well, and they really should be celebrating the fact that they just practically – put the nail in their rival's coffin as far as their season's concerned. But I'm watching it play. Urshel is at the bat at, um, um, <clears throat> in the box. He's at bat, and he's he hits one off his shin and one off his knee, and he was in agonizing pain. He had to leave the game. A couple days ago, the MRI diagnos- diagnosis for Aaron Hicks is having a flexor strain, and he's going to be out indefinitely. The team originally feared that it was going to be a Tommy John 
process that he had damaged ligaments. So we'll see what happens now. That's considered to be a good. Uh, uh, that's considered to be good news. Yes, at least it's not Tommy John. At least we might be able to get him back. But if you look at it. Uh, uh, they just they traded for Encarnacion. Now he's out indefinitely. He got hit by a pitch on the wrist. And their other two first basemen on their 40-man roster, Voight and Greg Berg, they're gone too. So Greg Bird is out. And the Yankees, they're going to have to turn to DJ LeMayhew. So DJ LeMayhew, he's a utility guy. They're going to see what he can do. But hey... He, he's he's going to be – they need a first a full-time first baseman because guys are dropping and uh, Voight and Berger out. And if you look at it, just the past couple weeks, it's been a nightmare for this New York Yankee team that really should be surging towards the playoffs. They should be ready. They should say, hey, we knocked off the Red Sox. That's our biggest competition. Now let's focus on the Astros. Let's focus on getting World Series number 28 – but really, they're in the infirmary. It's just like reading off a World War II list or something. All these knees. You look at Gary Sanchez, groin strain. Luke Voigt, sports hernia. CC Sabathia, chronic knee pain. He said the pain on a scale of 1 to 10 is at an 8. He's going on the IL. And then you got Giancarlo Stanton. He pretty much is deceased this year. I mean, this guy has not been lucky. He can't find the field. Miguel Andujar. Luis Severino hasn't been pitching at all this year. So all these guys, all their big starters, they've spent the majority of their season on the Angeles. I don't know if Red Sox fans have their have their Yankees voodoo dolls or what is happening, but something is up. You don't see this many injuries on this. So at, at the current moment, they have 16 players on the IL. So the only player, like I said, who hasn't been on the injured list spent the night in the hospital last night. Oh, and guess what? If you caught any New York Yankee games on the Madison Square, on the Yes Network, and you're saying, hey, where's Michael K? Where's their normal broadcaster? Where's Michael K? Because this sounds a lot like Bob Costas. I'm a fan of Bob Costas. I enjoy listening to him to call, listening to him call games. But Michael K is injured. He had vocal cord surgery. Even their broadcaster has had vocal cord surgery and is missing time due to injury. So I don't know what's going on here in New York. I have no clue if it's just a string of bad luck, if it's their training staff. I don't know to that extent if that's if that plays a part in it. All I do know is that no matter what happens, even if they do get guys back, even if Best case scenario for the New York Yankees, they get Stanton, Sabathia, Voight, Sanchez, Severino. If you get all those guys back, they're still not going to be at 100%. They're still not going to be built up for the playoffs like they should be. So I think the New York Yankees, it's really a tough year because you've had success. Aaron Boone, he's got to be probably keeping that second baseman glove handy, saying, hey, I might have to jump in and do a little player coach manager situation and suit up because hey these guys are dropping we'll see what happens but no matter what I don't think that they're going to be healthy enough to take on the Houston Astros and this really hurts their chances for a while I had the Dodgers versus the Yankees but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen get well soon New York Yankees if you're a Yankee fan because really you should be having a much better year and you should be excited about a playoff run 
But instead, you're in their infirmary. Like I said, the Bronx Bombers, the Bronx Goners. We'll see what's going to happen with the New York Yankees as this season continues to unfold and we inch closer to the playoffs. And we're going to end the show today and talk some NBA, where the Golden State Warriors, they are going to extend Draymond Green, a $100 million extension for Draymond Green. And now check this out. They owe the, the, the combined Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green a combined $446 million. So that tells me that this ownership group is completely all in and committed to that nucleus of Steph Curry, of Draymond Green. And that nucleus is really, uh, they brought them five championship, five finals appearances, three titles, and we're going to see where it will go. Because really, if you look at it, it tells me that this ownership group doesn't see the distant future. They're looking for right now. They're not about longevity. And in my opinion, we just talked about the New England Patriots, how smartly that organization is run. And I thought really with Golden State, they're building a new arena, but instead, hey, they have a lot of money invested in players that I don't think are going to be contributing at all-star, all-NBA levels for that much longer. Steph Curry has ankle issues. Klay Thompson is coming off an ACL. I think Klay Thompson will be fine. I actually believe him when he says he'll be more athletic. We've seen that in the past. But Draymond Green, this is Draymond Green last year. Last year, he averaged 7.4 points per game, 6.9 assists. In the playoffs, he turned it up. 13.3 assists. I mean, 13.3 points at 8.5 assists. Also had six triple doubles. Only players to have more triple doubles in a playoffs run was Wilt Chamberlain and Magic Johnson. So he brings it in the playoffs. And yes, if he's fully engaged, he's a guy. He can play point forward. He can run the break, find open, open shooters, open cutters. He's great at that. But look, the reality is you just gave a $100 million extension to... A, un, an undersized forward that averaged 7.4 per, points per game that averaged 28.5% from three on almost three attempts. So look, if he figures it out, his on-court, off-court numbers too kind of show that his value was a lot better. If you look at it, Draymond Green, his, his plus-minus at two this year was his lowest since his rookie season. So that was his lowest since his rookie season and if you look at it, too, the difference between their net rating, the thing, too, though, is if you look at the analytics and the playoffs, if he can sustain that and he can be that Draymond Green in the playoffs, then I can see this deal making sense. If you look at it, when he wasn't on the court this year for the Golden State Warriors, when Draymond Green was not on the court, the Warriors were a minus 18 and a half. Compare that to Steph Curry. They were a... Uh, they were a plus, no, they were a plus 18 and a half with Draymond on the court. He had the best plus minus out of everyone. Steph Curry's was 14.3. Kevin Durant's was a plus 10.8. And Klay Thompson's was a plus 9.3. So of all those players, last year in the playoffs, Draymond Green had by far the best plus minus at 18 and a half. 
But really, I just wonder how well he's going to age and if he's going to be able to develop. Because, look, the reason why he can facilitate is he has speed. If he slows down a little bit, I worry about that. But at the end of the day, give the Warriors credit for being loyal to to a nucleus, to a group of guys that have really led them to unprecedented success up in Oakland and a guy that's really been the emotional leader of that team. So kudos to you, Draymond Green. You got that bag. Do I, I would probably give it a – it was pretty much a must-make deal if you're the Warriors because of the sensitivity to it. But if they wanted to be cold-blooded about it and think long-term, they could have easily let him walk, and he's off the books, and they could have explored ways to try to get someone else for him. They could have even moved him at the deadline. So I think that it was very unpatriots-like, but uh, now we kind of see what this Warriors – regime and how they're dealing with things but lastly I want to say that I really think the Houston Rockets should explore a trade P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon expiring contracts for Eric Gordon P.J. Tucker for Kevin Love for the Rockets look out for that trade I think that's a trade that could happen and it could happen before the start of next season that would put Kevin uh, that would put Kevin Love with his college roommate Russell Westbrook and then you pair him with James Harden a lot of Pac-12 love he went to Arizona State but that's going to do it for episode 34 of the Get More Sports podcast as always thanks for rocking with us once again guys don't forget to subscribe rate review write some reviews we'll read them off if you write a review for the Get More Sports podcast we're going to read off live on the show so definitely write a review subscribe rate all that cool stuff but thanks for rocking with us we got a big surprise for you Wednesday I'm not saying what it is I'm not saying what it is but we got a big surprise for you Wednesday so you better check in with us Wednesday big show but as always thanks again have a great rest of your Monday and I'm out